Welcome to The Catholic Perspective, a podcast brought to you by rcspirituality.org. Enjoy the episode. Confession, like all the sacraments, is a precious gift God gives for our benefit, because He knows we need it, because He understands human nature, and because sin causes real damage that only God's grace can repair. All that we reflected on in the first and second meditations. But if that's the case, then why don't more people make regular use of this sacrament? Anecdotal and some statistical evidence seems to indicate that a very small percentage of Catholics actually go to confession on a regular basis, even though the Church recommends that for all of us. There even seems to be only a small percentage of Catholics who faithfully follow the Church's command to go to confession at least once a year in order to confess any serious sins that we are aware of. If we haven't obeyed that command and confessed our mortal sins in the Sacrament of Reconciliation, we shouldn't be receiving Holy Communion. A worthy reception of Communion requires a sincere turning back to God after rebelling against Him, and that's what confession is. The relatively infrequent use of this sacrament is even more perplexing when we think about the graces that it brings us. Forgiveness of sins, reconciliation with God and a deepening of our friendship with Him, reconciliation with the Church as well, which is always damaged by our sins, and a renewal or revitalization of spiritual strength in our ongoing efforts to follow Christ more closely. The Catechism even mentions that when we go to confession, As a result of the grace received, we often experience peace and serenity of conscience with strong spiritual consolation. Who wouldn't want all those benefits? I think everyone would want them. So why don't more people go to confession more often? And for those of us who do go on a regular basis, why is our experience of confession frequently so lackluster? Some people have had a bad experience in confession in which they felt that the priest didn't understand them or respect them. If we find ourselves in that position, we need to ask around in order to find a priest who knows how to celebrate this sacrament of God's mercy in a way that will reflect the love of the Good Shepherd. But for most of us, the obstacles are not so dramatic. We can bring the usual obstacles into focus simply by reflecting on what the Catechism calls the three acts of the penitent, the three things we do when we go to confession. Contrition. First, we prepare ourselves by spending some time in self-reflection. We look into our own souls to examine our conscience, asking God to enlighten us so that we can see the sins we have committed and also to give us a healthy sorrow for having committed them. Many guides for an examination of conscience can help us do this fruitfully. This prayerful reflection leads naturally to a renewed desire and decision to avoid sin in the future with the help of God's grace. This process of coming to contrition happens even before we go into the confessional, and by reflecting on what it requires, we can already begin to identify some obstacles that keep people away from this sacrament. First of all, our world is noisy and busy, and taking time for this kind of deep self-reflection requires shutting out the noise and distractions. This implies an effort to get beyond the superficial stimuli of our digital age. Not an easy task. But it doesn't stop there. 
Acknowledging our sinfulness, our weakness, and our need for God's grace takes humility and courage. We have to take ownership for our sins and failures. The more attached we are to sin, to selfishness, and to worldly treasures like wealth, success, and reputation, the harder it is to be humble and courageous enough to admit our brokenness and our need for redemption. Those attachments also sometimes make it hard for us to feel sorrow for our sins. But the sorrow that goes into contrition is not just the emotion of sorrow, which can come and go, but it is the deeper spiritual recognition of the evil of sin, of how it causes damage and impedes spiritual growth. Spiritually speaking, feeling sorry is not necessary in order to truly be sorry. The False Fear of Repetition Finally, sometimes we find ourselves falling into the same sins over and over again, no matter how hard we try not to. That makes us feel like hypocrites when we come to the point in which we're supposed to have a renewed desire and decision not to sin again. That's understandable, but it's also wrong. In the human person, intelligence and will are two separate powers. With our intelligence, we may know that we are weak and prone to keep falling into sin, but with our will, we can still want to avoid those sins. The repentance that comes with contrition is primarily in the will. Sincere contrition doesn't mean that we never will fall again. Rather, it means that we truly desire not to fall again, even if we are pretty sure we might, because that desire seems small and weak and fragile. For people who go to confession frequently and on a regular basis, recurring venial sins or imperfections are bound to come up in your examination of conscience. This is because as we grow spiritually, our willful sins diminish, and the faults linked to our unwilled personality flaws and wounds are exposed. God often uses those faults and flaws to purify our souls in ways that our own conscious efforts never could. And sometimes, He doesn't heal them right away. In this case, too, having to repeat the same falls over and over again is no reason to stay away from the confessional. Confession of Sins Our second action is the confession of our sins to the priest inside the celebration of the sacrament. This, too, can be an obstacle. It takes faith to believe that God knows what he is doing by requiring this, by wanting to administer his mercy through this very human encounter between priest and penitent. But God does know what he's doing. He knows that our human nature requires a real encounter in order to experience the fullness of forgiveness. Certainly, we should also confess our sins to God privately when we pray. But confessing them to God's representative in the sacrament gives us an objective experience that we need in order to really get the fresh start that God wants to give us every time we come to confession. It gives us a chance for a full spirit workout, exercising and therefore enhancing all the Christian virtues like humility, faith, hope, and courage. 
This can also be an obstacle when we are filled with shame at our sins. Shame and guilt are two different things. Guilt is the healthy emotional response to disordered behavior. It's a sign that our spiritual nervous system is working and warning us that we are in moral danger. If someone is habitually engaging in destructive, sinful behavior and feels no guilt at all, no remorse, we all recognize that something is terribly wrong with that person. Their conscience is broken. Shame, on the other hand, has to do with believing a lie. Even though we are weak and sinful, God never stops loving us. Our sins don't change how God sees us. Jesus didn't condemn sinners. He died on the cross to save them because he loves sinners and wants to rescue us and heal us from our sins. Shame is the distorted form of unhealthy guilt that forgets about that. Shame makes us think thoughts like, I am such a terrible person that God could never love me or forgive me. This kind of shame can inhibit us from confessing our sins because we are sure that the priest will laugh at us or deride us or otherwise expose what we mistakenly believe is our true and unlovable self. That's not how God works, though. And these feelings of shame should never impede us from seeking in confession the warm embrace of God's infinite mercy. Satisfaction After we confess our sins and receive encouragement, guidance, and absolution from the priest, we perform the third act of confession, our penance. This is traditionally called making satisfaction or reparation for our sins. Often the penance is simple, like saying a few prayers. Sometimes it can be more demanding. In every case, it should take into account the penitent's personal situation and seek some spiritual benefit. Doing penance can be an obstacle that keeps some people away from confession because of a subtle form of pride. Some people recognize the gravity of their sins, and they recoil at the idea that saying three Hail Marys and an Our Father can wipe those sins away. They seem to feel that the credibility of the sacrament is made questionable by the seemingly small penances that priests typically hand out. A basic misunderstanding underlies this point of view. Our sins are not wiped away by our penance. Our sins are wiped away by Christ's passion, death, and resurrection. Jesus Christ, true God and true man, paid the price for all sin by being obedient to his Father unto death on the cross. The forgiveness that Jesus won for us, by suffering for us, comes to us through the sacrament but it is not earned by our penance. It was earned by Christ's sacrifice on Calvary. Our penance has a different purpose. It is a means by which we show the sincerity of our repentance, and through which God allows us to contribute in a small way to healing some of the damage that our sins caused, both to ourselves and to others. Conclusion Finding the Treasure Buried in Confession Those are the basic acts of the penitent, and those are some of the common obstacles hidden inside our reluctance to make use of this amazing sacrament. Whenever we feel interior resistance at the thought of going to confession, 
we should reflect on which one of those obstacles is at work and allow the truth of God's mercy to root it out. Once we have decided to make regular confession a firm anchor for our spiritual growth, we will gradually discover many other ways to live it deeply and fruitfully. Right now, I would just like to mention two. First, cultivate a habitual attitude of penance. Sin is all around us. It contributes to the tragic miseries and injustices that make the news day after day. It contributes to our own interior conflicts and family troubles. It stirs up sorrow and steals joy. It was partly in reference to this ever-present reality that Jesus said, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. A balanced awareness of the brokenness of this fallen world and of our ongoing need for mercy creates in us a healthy spirit of penance, a sensitivity that gives a deep cosmic resonance to every personal experience of this sacrament. Second, stay focused. As we grow spiritually and begin to practice regular, frequent confession, our examination of conscience and confession should gradually become simpler. We don't need to mention all of our small faults and imperfections in every confession. Rather, focus in on the one or two that have been most present since the last confession, and allow the spirit of contrition and repentance to be shaped by them. This helps us avoid dispersion in our efforts for ongoing spiritual growth. The more we dig into what really goes on in this sacrament, the more we discover what a treasure it really is. You have been listening to The Catholic Perspective, a resource from rcspirituality.org. Please visit our website and check out more great resources to help you pray, learn, grow, and go. Please join our team of digital missionaries by subscribing at rcspirituality.org.